I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have yet discovered. I'm a superhero, Mama. A real-life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We'll make you a superhero. Are you ready to become the hero? Initiating surprise in three. This two is one. The Real Brian Show. Continuing Sci-Fi November. Oh man, I'm so excited. Also, retro versus new. Which is better? Been thinking a lot about last week discussions as well on emotional continuity, applying it to life and business. Interesting stuff, which brought me to a really cool discovery last night. I realized that in life, I've been saying that sucks, and I could do better. Wow, that's really rude, Brian. You're a jerk. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. All right, let's rock it. I am a jerk. <laughs> Oh, wait, no. Am I supposed to laugh about yeah, that? Yeah, why Why am I here? <laughs> well, okay, it's the Real Brian Show. That's why you're here. Okay. Uh, we're the verse. The, the, we're the verse. We're the verse. In the verse. Isn't that what they call it instead of the universe? It's the verse now? The verse? The verse. I, I don't know. I'm kind of out of pop culture. Having okay. having two young kids, I'm kind of, I don't know. I feel like I'm in a shell. Okay, well, so. I think everybody with kids, young kids feels like they're in a shell sometimes. So I'm, I'm here I'm here on the show today to enlighten myself again. Okay. Of what's actually in the pop culture. So we're in the verse. And the voice of the nerdy eclectic. Oh, okay. That's what I'm trying to say. Cool. Yeah, yeah. That uh, sounds good. Okay, well, I'm the real Brian. And I'm Drob Dog. Okay. Is that is that what it is now? I think so. Okay. you know, you've been Rob Dog for all those years. Yeah, that's true. But I've, I've and stepped... And then Doctor the Rob Dog. I've stepped up, right? Yeah. So I'm Drob Dog. Well, that's an honor. Drob Dog, yeah. Well, the Doctor of Nitrous Oxide returns. Thanks for joining us! Or Propofol, if you want to get really crazy. Oh, Tell me more. Yeah, it's just what we use for a sedation. That's all. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> one, so, one of the things you can use. So you're out one night, uh, having a good time, meeting some women, yeah. and uh, grabbing s- some propofol. No! Oh, that's, no, that's bad. What the? That's Ooh. bad. Oh, that's that's really bad. No. Can we get arrested for that? Yeah, you can. Yeah. Okay. So uh, <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> Dude, that stuff really kind of upsets me when people do stuff like that. So no, I yeah. would never, ever. In fact, if I ever saw anybody doing that, I'd, I'd probably take mm-hmm. them out. Well, you know, you know, being in the dental field, they talk a lot about the legal drug epidemic, you know, the, oh, the opioid, opioid epidemic. Crisis. And, you know, yeah. other, other things. And it's a real thing. It is. And, uh, you know, we here in the medical community, we're on the front lines of that. Yes. And there uh, are steps that we can take to prevent that. But it's also really hard when you have people in pain. You know, sure. we as doctors kind of get into a, a moral dilemma what is right and you have to really judge it based on what you're seeing and what you're treating it's there, hard there's it's balance hard. you know I've, i produced for pain reframed which is a great podcast yeah. that my pt and his co-host his fellow colleague pt they host that show they are huge on fighting the opioid crisis yeah. they see the worst of the worst you know they see people coming to them with pain issues which have turned into chronic pain and instead of dealing with the actual root of the problem, they're just popping drugs and they're seeing people die from this stuff. Oh yeah. You know, it's, it's horrible, right? Mm-hmm. But the balance is when people are in legitimate temporary pain, yeah. acute temporary pain, yeah. then sometimes you need, you know, a painkiller for a small period of time to yeah. deal with that. And then you go into the long-term pain recovery, yeah. again, reframing pain and stuff. But what people are doing and what doctors unfortunately have done is they've abused Mm-hmm. Because patients go, well, I just, I want painkillers and doctors are going, okay. And they're prescribing it's, it's them stuff than, that's hurting them. It's easier than seeing the patient sometimes, you know. Oh, yeah. And, you know, being in the dental field, I usually do deal with more acute or short-term pain. Yeah. So, again, that comes up. However, it can be abused still. And you oh, have of course. to be very, very careful. Well, I'm no stranger to pain, mm-hmm. as as many of you know. And so, I I know why people are drawn to opioids. Yeah. But I gotta, I'm one of those people that painkillers and and most pharmaceuticals never treat me well never have you know yeah i hate them so for me it's like i'd rather deal with the pain and learn how to manage the pain than take those stuff but i understand not everybody has the same thresholds of pain and and that's and i totally get it and and pain's never fun to deal with plus as i've now come to pain causes heart palpitations and other things that (laughs) last for a very long time so 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But well, I'm glad you're, you're dealing with it in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Keep going in that direction. That's right, man. You want to get your patients healed. You want mm-hmm. to get them in a place of dealing with the root. No pun intended in oh, your pun, situation. Pun very much. Pun intended. very much intended. Yeah. Yeah. I went on some business trips down to Scottsdale, Arizona recently. Yeah. And it was the very first time I'd ever done any type of Uber or oh, lift. Oh. I had never done it. I knew about it. I didn't know the inside, you know, anything of really what, you know, inside and out of basically what it entailed and how it worked, but I had never done an Uber. I felt really old because everybody, everybody knew how to do it on their phones or busting out oh, their yeah, phones yeah. and they're calling their drivers or at least, you know, getting them to come over here and everything is so swift and easy. And here I'm just like going along for the ride and like, this is nice. Yeah. I really like this. And I felt really old. So, so let me ask you this though. Yeah. Have you traveled much in the past Let's even say five plus years, like traveling on a regular basis. Yeah. No. Okay. No. Well, there you go. That's why. Again, we, I was in school a lot. So, exactly. Yeah. We live in a community, and and honestly, even in even in Denver, where you were in school, Colorado, really, for the most part, unless you're living in more of the downtown area of Denver, yeah, you don't need mostly Uber. Or sure. here's the thing: the reason why you would need Uber in Colorado is if you're living in downtown Denver, yeah, or you get drunk all the time. And you need somebody to drive. Yeah, that's, that's really true. it. Yeah. There's really no reason otherwise in Colorado to use an Uber yeah. because everybody and their dog and other hamsters and assorted pets and your cat, et cetera, all own cars. Yep. And we all want to drive by ourselves. Yeah. And I think that's it. It's like, it's not, <sighs> it's not even that, oh, I could find that useful. It's like, I don't want somebody to drive me. I want to drive yeah. myself and yeah. be alone, listen to my music part of my alone time it's wide and open being spaces. a dad sometimes that's very precious true so. <laughs> true yeah and it's it's colorado it's wide open spaces yeah. we're in the, we're fiercely independent <laughs> we want to carry our guns in colorado <laughs> mm-hmm. only time i use uber is when i travel i started doing that when we were going to the heroes and villains fan fest mm-hmm. and of course to vegas for all the conferences that mm-hmm. you need to get around and you're either using a cab airport shuttle which of course nobody does anymore or uber and I don't trust cabs, so I just I use Uber. Poor cab. Or Lyft. The poor cab drivers. Well, so you're not old. You just don't travel much. I feel old, though. That's the thing. <sighs> Remember, old is a state of mind. It's all it is. So until your body literally starts, like, falling off pieces mm-hmm. of you, which then you would have, like, leprosy. Yeah. Or you, like, burn too many candles. Yeah. Parts of you are falling off. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, that's, that's totally my life yeah. right now. Oh, you're just burning candles? Oh, yeah. Like, sniffing candles and... <laughs> Pro, pro, what's it called? Propane? What's the stuff you give to patients to knock them out? Propofol. Propofol. Well, that's, that's one of the things. Propofol. <laughs> so they fall. fall asleep. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah it's a big a joke in the dental field, right? Yeah. Like, no. oh, this stuff's great. Not, so are they? Not the, really. <laughs> so the dentists, so now what I'm understanding is dentists, they have a hard, long career. They're just like, oh, I hate my life. You don't. You're an awesome dentist. But, you know, others that are just, oh, do they just like take propofol instead of drinking alcohol? Is that kind of the problem now? <laughs> no don't answer that question <laughs> no i do know though um having been around you know family members who have been in the medical profession you hear the stories of, of unfortunately you hear the stories of doctors of course we have you know the mad scientist who is doctor in training and stuff yeah you hear the stories of doctors who get into the profession nurses etc and they start to abuse those which they give to patients you know mm-hmm. and it's sad it's sad it's sad it and happens. i get it though you're seeing a lot of pain in fact, uh, a lot of people have been asking, where's Mango Droplet? She hasn't been on the show in months. I actually haven't had a chance to talk to her much lately, but I did check in about a month ago and she is in residency right now, but they're working her like six, I think six days a week, yeah. maybe even seven. Yeah. Really, really, really long days mm-hmm. ER. So she's mm-hmm. working like 10, 12 hour days, yeah. six days a week, maybe even seven sometimes in the ER. She's seeing trauma left and right all day long, all week long. And she's like, she was in sound. I'm just, I'm depressed right now. I'm having a hard time. Yeah. So, you know, those of you who uh, pray and stuff, lift her up, man. She, she could use a little help right now. Reach out to her. If you're connected with her on social, give her some encouragement, but dude, I can't even imagine going through that stuff. And then how does that affect wear on you over time too? So, yeah. yeah. You know, my, my grandfather, he passed away in 96 or 97 at the age of 93. So he was kind of an old fart. He was an internist, practiced up in New Jersey, but he got his education, his medical education in New York City. Yeah. And so he did his residency in basically medical school yeah. in New York City, kind of in the 1930s. It was a crazy time. I mean, I, I don't even really know what it was, but anyway, basically what he would have to do, this is a, my, my dad always used to you know, tell me this story, but he would be on his rounds on the ambulance 
and they would go around at all hours of the night in New York City back in the 1930s, yeah. and they would be armed with a club, and they would nickname the uh, ambulance the meat wagon. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And you, you can just yeah. imagine yep. the stuff that he saw. Oh, yeah. But they, what the, what the reason they had a club yeah. is because when they would stop to help somebody on the side of the road or in a house or something, and they would have the doors open, there would be other people that would try to force their way in to steal certain oh, things from the ambulance. You yeah. can imagine what they were trying to steal. Vultures. So yeah. they would have to fight these people off. That was oh my just, gosh. but he just, that was his experience as, wow. as a resident in New York city at the time in the 1930s. And uh, I wish I was older when, you know, but you know, when he was, when he was uh, close to passing, so I could ask him more questions yeah. and get some more of his stories. I just don't know too many of them, but I mean, that was one that always stuck out of my mind. Well, some things never change. Yeah. You know, people beaten up. Yeah. I wonder if they still, well, now they carry like probably tasers and stuff for the same reasons. Yeah. I Certain don't know. Areas, I, and I'm sure it's, it varies from, you know, city to city. That's ridiculous though. People, you know, getting sick, getting hurt. Somebody comes in and just loots instead of helps. Yeah. Yep. Humanity. Humanity. Oh my gosh. <laughs> So, well, speaking of old farts, me who, who passed away. Oh yeah. Stanley. Very, very sad. He was 95. Although I don't consider him an old fart. He was one of those guys. You had to really go, wait, he's how old he sure doesn't act it. He doesn't nope. look it. He was 95. Yep. And we kept talking about it for the past couple of years. Like, man, he's still going. I, I I'm loving this. Okay. 95. What a full and amazing life. Yeah. He seemed like a cool guy. I never heard anything negative about him, but I'll tell you what, what an inspiration. The pioneer of modern comic books, big influence on modern pop culture. I don't think comics would be where they're at today. If it no. weren't for him. No, he's, he's, he's almost like kind of like Spielberg. In yeah. the, you know, he's, he's that version of Spielberg. He just yeah. changed the landscape. Yeah. And the expectation. I have come to love his cameos. He's this crazy young at heart guy. Young at heart. I think that's just, what, I think that's a good, what an amazing legacy that he's left yeah it's extremely sad that he's gone he was 95 i mean how awesome is that that he lived to be 95 and as far as i know he lived life right all the way full to the end yeah amazing like that's amazing that's the kind of life i think we all want is to strive for a full healthy happy life all the way to the very end yep you know that's gonna be me 95 me playing my little nes you know my great great grandchildren are gonna be like what is that like this is what games were like when i was young you mean you have to use your hands that's a baby's toy (laughs) (laughs) that movie was so wrong oh what back to the future 2 was yeah it was so amazing no no it's an amazing movie it's just sad that they didn't show everybody glued to their phones oh my gosh oh you mean they got it wrong they got it wrong. oh not even close isn't that fascinating you know it's an 80s representation of today you yeah. know it was a little bit more optimistic i think well you could see this is funny this should be a funny discussion for a second because it's an interesting breakdown because i remember there was a special when that came out leslie nielsen hosted it for for you know younger people he's you know naked gun and all those oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. anyway uh he hosted this little special and they said you know hey finally back to the future too and you know you see a scene of of michael j fox and biff you know they're they're on their hoverboards and he's like look at this and he throws it on the concrete and it just clatters to the ground you know yeah. he's like yeah not yet we don't have the technology or something and he's like but we will and i'm thinking dude this is gonna be amazing well what's interesting is you look at what what, what year was that anyway was that 20 2015 yeah that's right okay 2015 that's right because it was always in fives there was 85 55 well it was always 15 30 years so it was 1955 85 2015 so that's right and then they went back to 18 1885 1885 that's right yeah that was a hundred year difference so interestingly enough you look at 2015 and yeah you're right nobody in the movie was glued to phones like we are today like that but i don't think they could have predicted that i think we were looking grander we were looking at like well hey we're gonna have flying cars which by the way that would have been freaking amazing but no instead what we've done is we created a captive phone suck generation instead of people who fly cars thanks a lot people oh this technology and like like i said it was an optimistic view you know a lot of a lot of movies i mean have you noticed that i mean even in video games too you see all these movies of the future and they're very post-apocalyptic and if they're not post-apocalyptic they're very cynical and they portray they are you know at least now they are and sometimes in the back you know and you know those early movies in the 80s and 90s but they had a little bit more optimism to them a little bit more there was just something that was happier you know we we, we can look forward to the future because we're gonna have all this cool stuff and we do have i mean look at i mean if somebody, if 100 years ago, somebody wakes up in 1918 
uh, you know, and then all of a sudden they go to sleep, wake up next year is 2018. They would think they, they dine in God to heaven oh, basically because I they'd know. be like, Oh my gosh, we have all this luxury. Yeah. But our perspective is different. You know, we still have our issues and everything cause we're humans. Again, there was still this want for, you know, we're so, we're so capable of this, you know, and yeah. there was still this, uh, optimism. Utopian. It was a utopian, but it wasn't, yeah. uh, it wasn't, I don't know too idealistic it still felt within reach sure you know well i mean you look at star trek and of course the reason we even have phones and ipads today is because of star trek you know (laughs) which is amazing but you know you're right i I think things that came out of the 80s and 90s especially yeah were more optimistic more like this is going to be a really cool to get into the future i can't wait until 2015 and then you start seeing things in the 2000s and the you know now this this decade and you start to realize that almost everything that portrays the future is dirty and and it's like oh you know everything is almost depressing or it's, and it's dystopian like you cynical said. you know yeah, i always cynical. see a cynical there's like, always what happened what happened to the joy and the optimism i can't yeah. wait to get it yeah you know it's funny i'm watching the expanse which is not a future that i'm necessarily excited to get into mm-hmm. it's interesting though and in, and I'll, i will say this because you know I, I said the first couple of episodes were super slow and they were jumping all over the place and i didn't know what the heck was going on I think I had been in what three or four episodes as of last week. I I'm in episode seven right now and I'm loving episode seven. Finally is starting to come together a little bit more cohesive, which is great. Really enjoying it. But again, this goes back to when I watch star Trek, I feel good. I feel happy. And it's like, I want to be a part of the star Trek future. That just sounds so much fun. Yeah. When I'm watching this show, I'm going, thank God I'm in 2018 and I'm not, you know, in that future. Cause ugh, that would suck. Even though it's cool. I wouldn't want to live there. There's some cool technology, but no thanks. You know what I mean? So you're right. It's it's a weird, I don't know why or where we lost all of our hope and joy and excitement and utopian outlook, and we've lost it for this depressing, uh, what, what, what happened? Which do you like better? Do you like the hopeful future or the dystopian, gritty, depressing future? You know... If you go back to the eighties, uh, you know, eighty two, there was Blade Runner, which was true. There which, were some though, like which, Mad Max too. Yeah, Mad Max, you know, was you know was a dystopian, and you know they all. But the, I don't know, they were they were also good. Yeah, maybe movies just aren't good anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Speaking of movies, I have not <laughs> seen the new Nutcracker. I really do want to see it, but I've heard nothing positive about it. I, I've heard nothing positive about it. Yeah, either. that's sad. Yeah, they it, had so much like, OK, look, it, it kind of reminds me of Pan. Remember Pan that came out? I never saw it either. Back? Yeah. That was the same thing. It was kind of oh. this. Oh, we're going to take Peter Pan. And it just got ripped to shreds. And Damn. I just and I said, nope, not going to waste my time. You know, Disney has potential. They did a good job with Beauty and the Beast. I thought the new one. I thought I thought Beauty and the Beast was cookie cutter. Sure. It was just a lot of the same. But it was still good. It, it was still good. It yep. was serviceable, though. Sure. Whereas if you look at the Cinderella movie, it did something a little different. Sure. And that's why I liked it a little bit more. And then you see, yeah. uh, I think it was Maleficent, that oh, one, that which which tried to do something different, but it, it failed. And oh, see, now they're doing the Aladdin, the new Aladdin oh, with Will gosh. Smith as a genie. And again, I'm going to I'm, I'm yeah. not going to say anything. I, I'm going to let the project speak for itself. I'm not going to judge. Hey, but, Will Smith, but, if you can do better than Robin Williams, Robin, that's by all means do it. And if you can't, don't try. You should close your mouth. Man. <laughs> that, that's one of the, I'm like, look, are you really trying to top Robin Williams? That was one of the quintessential voice acting performances of all time. Yes. I mean, it defined yep. my younger generation. We yeah. talked about that movie. We're still talking about it. Yeah. And we're talking about it more because since, since, since his passing, you know, I, and I don't blame Will Smith for trying. I just, I just don't know if you're ever going to match it, but it's, can he do better? That's the question. If you can't do better than the original, you should not even yeah, try. Yeah. That's my, th- that, okay, yeah. so that actually leads in, which I'm not going to talk about it yet. We're going to talk about it in a few minutes, but that leads into this kind of theme that I'm talking about is I can do better, mm-hmm. right? Well, if Will Smith truly can do better than Robin Williams, now granted, I know he's never going to, and he shouldn't, right? He should come in and say, I'm not going to beat Robin Williams. He's a great, well, right? Well, but he can come in and say, I can do a different version yeah. better. That's the question. Though. And that's fine. But it, if it, it, it sucks in it, comparison, uh, it has to be a different version, you know, cause they're yeah. both comedians, but Robin Williams had a very distinct type of comedic acting and very, you know, his, mm-hmm. his personality, and he was exceptional. his, his voice acting was unparalleled. Yeah. You know, Will Smith doesn't quite have the, those advantages. No, he's his own type and that's fine. He's phenomenal in his own right, but exactly. he's no Robin Williams. Yeah. And I just, again, we're all, the problem is we're going to be going to that movie, comparing it to Robin Williams. Exactly. It doesn't have anything against Robin 
Will Smith. It's just we're going to be comparing it. And yep. that's the whole thing. It's going to be distracting. Unless they do the it entire, completely different. Yeah. In which and there case, was that we thing, won't even know. you know, with the Dark Knight. And again, I think the Dark Knight is a little overrated. But the one thing that always gets me is the Joker's performance by Heath Ledger. He was different. And I was always like, oh, he's never going to match Jack Nicholson. And yep. he completely blew him out of the water. So who yep. knows? Yep. Who knows? But it was a very different take. And yep. so, again, Will Smith is going to have to take a very different take on the character in order, exactly. to, make it, in, in order to make it a convincing role. So, yeah. Well, and that's, uh, that's the thing about the Nutcracker going back to that is like, that is one of the most beloved Christmas musicals of all time. Right. And you look, well, it probably is the most actually, if you think about it, there's not that many Christmas uh, musicals. For, yeah. Yeah. No, I guess it was a ballet. Sorry. If you're going to do a live action movie on it, you need to either keep it exactly the same and just embellish it and use the music by the way, mm-hmm. or you need to do again, something completely different. Like maybe this is the, second Christmas dream or something. I don't know. Just something totally different that, you know, oh yeah. And I just, everybody's just been like, what the heck just happened? So I'm really, I'm scared, but I want to see it anyway. It's just so I can rip it. Just apart. see the $3 flicks. Yeah. Or for free or something. I don't know, <laughs> granted, fantastic beasts is out as of last night. So mm-hmm. we'll be doing a review on that next week. I've heard good reviews on it already. Yeah. Continuing sci-fi November, Johnny pistol shot. And I did get together. Speaking of movies, by the way, we got together. We had that that Sally's Kitchen, that Chinese food that's in the gas station that we always talk about. Dear Lord in heaven, it was so good. We decided it, it's sci-fi November. So let's find some throwback sci-fi movies. Well, I'd never seen the third Riddick movie, which is just called Riddick. Yeah, I love Chronicles of Riddick, which is the second one. Absolutely glorious movie. So good. So many good things to say about it. Pitch Black was okay. The See, third, I liked Pitch Black. Oh, I anyway, liked it too, but compared to Chronicles, it was not even close. Well, they were very different movies though, but anyway, exactly. go ahead. So I, we're like, let's watch the third Riddick movie. And then I've never seen Oblivion with Tom Cruise. We can believe that. Never saw Oblivion. We watched him. Now, Johnny had seen Riddick. He's like, it's good. Well, it's pretty much a pitch black movie. It's kind of a combo of pitch black and then the first scene of Chronicles of Riddick. Is it, is it more violent too? Isn't it like R rated? Well, so I don't, I didn't have access to it, but I had access to it on YouTube TV. Oh, okay. And it's, you know, pre-recorded, So it was edited. So I have no idea oh, okay. what the full version of. I didn't know what they were going the for. The edits were awesome, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even remember. There was this one phrase that I was like, what? What does that even mean? Like I said, it's a lot like pitch black enjoyable oblivion however i was surprised it was really good was it good yeah it was a very good story i had no idea what to expect when i first heard about the movie someone told me about it and their synopsis of it is not even close to what the movie is so i don't know what movie they watched but i don't even remember who told me they were just saying yeah this movie's about whatever and i'm like what so i didn't watch it well the movie was amazing so anyway for those of you who uh, haven't seen oblivion from 2000 i think 12 or 13 or whatever it was really good interesting Worth watching i have not seen oblivion either hmm. i felt like it was one of those movies where the previews kind of ruined it maybe that's part of the problem if you want to get me on a soapbox yeah a really non-important soapbox but <laughs> something about trailers spoiling everything oh i agree it completely, i agree I, I it's some, one of my things and i just i love i don't know there's something about going into a movie without with zero expectation yeah and you know what's funny Arrow did that in i think it was season four going into season four we were at dragon con so i think it was season four we were at Dragon Con and they gave us a preview for season four and they were just talking all about it and they pretty much told us everything that was going to happen yeah. for the most part and everybody hated season four because we, I mean, expectation, we, we, we weren't surprised yeah. and then there were some dumb decisions and all and then they kind of went, oops, now they learned from their lessons. So season five was very different. Nobody talked about anything. It was yeah. very secretive and everybody loved season five more. We were surprised. So yes, I totally agree with you. Previews should give you, they should entice you they should scintillate you and they should draw you in. Like I need to know what happens now. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me what happens because then I don't care. I mean, do you remember, you know, Cloverfield and yeah. it's like, if you didn't like Cloverfield, whatever, that's fine. But the marketing one, it was brilliant. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, it was. viral marketing. People yeah. didn't know what it was. Yep. And that was what made everybody want to go see it. Yep. You know, and here's a, here's a funny example. Uh, Castaway, you know, back mm-hmm. with Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Spoiler alert. One, two, three. If you haven't seen the movie. 2000. So anyway, you haven't seen the movie. It's old. Yeah. In the preview, it shows that he gets off the island. Oops. It shows he gets off the oh island. And when you're watching it, you're like, okay, so the movie's about him getting off. I'm trying to reform his life. Yeah. And it's like, no, that's like the last 10 minutes, you know, of the movie. Oh, but the whole man. movie is, are, is he going to get off? Is he going to yeah. get off? Like it was like, well, 
if you watch the previews, and I, I was shocked. I couldn't believe it. That they, See, they, they, they gave away the ending. And that's what I loved about Passengers a couple years ago. The previews gave nothing away. No. They just kind of went, oh, I want to see that. And you did not expect yeah. what happened at the end. Yeah. And I loved that. And then there was an, another, another example. There's a Shutter Island. with Leonardo Never saw DiCaprio. that. Yeah. It's good, but you should actually watch the preview because it gave you a false expectation of what it actually oh, is. So okay. I went in thinking it was one movie and I was completely shocked it was something else. I won't spoil it. Watch the preview and then watch the movie. I will. And you'll good. be, you might be mad and I think that's the problem. But the whole point of it was to subvert your expectations. Oh, interesting. And that's what made it interesting. So now something that I believe and, and I still get people asking me this is I haven't watched it yet because I don't know what to expect. In fact, I think it's going to suck because how could it be good? And that is Cobra Kai. And so uh-huh. and I, I mean, we've talked about it here on the show quite a bit, but it continues to blow away people's expectations. Yeah. And I'm, I'm blo- so you just watched it. So funny thing when I first saw it advertised, cause I have uh, YouTube red. I thought it was a joke. I literally <laughs> thought it was like a parody of, I was like, yeah. okay, Cobra Kai karate kid. Like, because the original movies are a little cheesy in their own fun of way. Course they are. You know, yeah. I really hate the sequels. All of them. I do like the first one and for oh, its own merit. I love I, the second one though. I, I hate the second one. Oh, it's so awesome. <laughs> I but, hate all, but I love Japanese I hate, culture too. So, you know, I, I just, I just thought I, I just hate it anyway, yeah. but that's just my personal. Come personal on. Opinion. You didn't love Peter Cetera's so I, of I, love. I, oh. I thought Cobra Kai was going to be like a, a joke. Yeah, a bonsai, and yeah, bonsais play a big role in no, Cobra but the, Kai. the bone dance, the bone dance. That was the best part. I don't. I tried to subvert that from my memory. Oh, I think. Anyway, <laughs> uh, um, Cobra Kai joke, yes. But and so and I was like, oh, and then I kind of watched a trailer. It yeah. didn't give away too much. I don't think it did. Maybe it, did, it actually gave away a couple. It gave away a few too much. Uh, sure. But I turned it off. I think halfway through because I didn't want to um, spoil anything. Yeah. And I watched it. And the mermaid or my wife Ariel, we mm-hmm. we watched it, and we both loved it. In fact, she was mad one night when I came home from work and I was like, I'm tired. I want to watch it. And she was like, no, I want to watch. I'm not watching it without you. And I oh, want to watch funny. it right now. She, yeah. she was mad. She was really involved and really wanted to see the movie. And she was You're mad like, that I, I didn't wash my hair. Yeah. So um, she was really into it. And uh, I think she was in, more into it than I was. So it, awesome. it just goes to show you how much it surprised everybody. Cause yeah. she, she had zero expectations and she had, yeah. and she had never even seen the original. So we just watched a little Real recap of the first one yeah. so that she could get an idea of what it was based off of, yeah. but she loved it. It so. really was. And I'm so excited for season two. Here's the thing though. Season two, I'm not sure it can capture the magnificence of it's, season one. It's, it's going to be hard. It'll be good. I think it'll be fun to keep going, but yeah, I'm, and I'm not expecting it to. I'm just expecting it to just keep going, have fun with the story. Mm-hmm. You know, don't take much seriously, but man, I mean, when you watch Karate Kid for the first time, it is a story that draws you in and you actually care about what happens to the yeah. people. And funny Cobra thing, Kai, you cared more. Funny thing, if, if anybody's a Rocky fan, which I am, it's one mm-hmm. of my favorite movies, the same, the, the director, John Alvidson, who directed Rocky in 1976 with Sylvester Stallone, um, he's the same director as the first Karate Kid. So, oh, wow. So, and there's a lot of similar themes to it. You totally. know, yeah, heck, they're, they're, they're both Italian, you know, for yeah. that thing. There's, yeah. uh, but they have very similar things of the underdog, you know, that type of thing. So just a little trivia. Open my eyes, my darling yeah. son. So, but what I oh, thought no, they did really no. good with Cobra Kai is Johnny, the guy who played Johnny. Holy crap, yeah. And it's the same actor from, yeah, yeah. from the original. And he did so good. I loved the guy, despite all his flaws. I mean, he's a very flawed character. That's yeah. why I really liked there. Are, everybody was a flawed character. Yeah. That's what's very it's interesting. True. Yep. Everybody had their own demons and faults and it was, it wasn't about being perfect or the best, even though they wanted to be, it was just trying to make it, you yeah. know, trying to make a name for yourself and push through and just be your own hero, that type of thing. And it was, it was really, really believable and good. I just really liked the characters. So, you know, what's funny where this theme we keep talking about, about do it better. Yeah. You can, I can do it better. You know, Yeah, they did. They did. Cobra Kai was better than the karate kid movies. And I think part of the reason was because they didn't try to copy what they did with the Karate Kid movies. They went a different direction. Like you said, everybody was flawed. You didn't see that as much in the Karate Kid movies. I mean, Daniel LaRusso, he's the Wonder Boy. In that show, it's like, oh, well, things are a little different. So I like that. I like that everybody was flawed and that it was a totally different take. And at the very, I'm not going to give away spoilers, but you know, at the end, you're kind of like, I didn't expect that. And you don't really know who to root for. Exactly. And that's, I thought exactly. was interesting because they all were flawed and you can see, you know, Johnny 
is actually starting to change a little bit, but what yeah. am I doing to these kids? And then Daniel yeah. still has his bitter. I mean, it's just, he's, I don't know. It's very, it's very, yeah. very complex characters. And that's, I think what made it so interesting. And people keep telling me, well, Brian, it's YouTube red or it's YouTube TV. I don't have it. I don't want to pay for it, dude. It is worth a month. Just do a free trial, or a 14 day trial to watch <laughs> this show. Trust me. It's worth it. It's, yeah, it's, worth it's it. that good. Yeah. Now, very, granted, very not everyone's going to like it. So like, okay. And I, I'm going to pick on the flash here for a second. He and I love movies and we talk about the movies and the TV shows we see all the time, you know, back and forth. And this surprised me though. But again, this goes back to what captain influence keeps saying. Why are we surprised when someone else doesn't share our opinion? We're all different, right? Duh. We've been talking about sci-fi November. One of my absolute favorite sci-fi movies of all time is the fifth element, which we've talked about. I love Chris Tucker's character, Ruby rod. Absolutely, in my opinion, the best character in the movie. He made the movie for me. And if it weren't for him, the movie just wouldn't have the same charm. Yeah. He's like, this is what the flash said. Ruby Rod's character or Chris Tucker's character was the worst character. I hated him and he destroyed the movie and the movie would have been a lot better without him. And I was like, wow. Wow. So he's first of all, flasher, the first person I've ever met that hated Chris Tucker's character. Mm. Usually what I meet is people go, I didn't like fifth element. Because they're not into that sci-fi style. Yeah. That's fair. It's a very unique sci-fi style too it with is. the fifth element. Yeah. Or they absolutely loved that movie so much and they absolutely loved Chris Tucker's character. So he's the first person that liked the movie but hated him. Mm-hmm. And and that's fine. Again, why are we surprised? It's so funny. So all that to say that illustrates the fact you may not like Cobra Kai, and that's perfectly fine. Yeah. Anyway, it's a great show though. Even though we might secretly hate you. Right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Deep down, <laughs> deep down, we're going to have a loathing. <laughs> I've for got, you. I've got a big loathing now. A loathing. <laughs> yes. I had this weird, interesting revelation or I guess realization. It was last night. I'm just sitting here. All of a sudden I'm like, whoa, where did that come from? It's kind of funny. So I was mentioning earlier, you know, the whole idea about emotional continuity last week and, and why the expanse wasn't drawing me in as much as it should and stuff. Well, interestingly enough, for some reason, this thing popped into my head last night and it was this this phrase and the phrase was that sucks. I can totally do better. So your first thought, which you said in the beginning is you're a jerk, Brian. What a, what a rude statement, you know? Yeah. Thanks by the way. That really comes from the heart too. I, I know. really think you're a jerk. I don't know why I'm here. And I, inter- I, I want to say that I accept that. Okay. I, I internalize that Good. one. Okay. Story time, boys and girls. Okay. This is very interesting to me because I, I had a little trip down memory lane last night, you know, and this, it's amazing how fast my thoughts go. So when I was younger, I was realizing that I would see something that I thought sucked and I would be like, I could do better than that. Mm-hmm. And then I would, I would go do better. Right. And I would succeed massively. I would do better. I would succeed. I would do it again and again and again. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, let me give you some examples, by the way, morning announcements in our high school. They sucked. <laughs> they were terrible. Right. And I'd be like, <laughs> I, I can do I'm pretty sure everybody in high school was like, Oh God. Yeah. Those are bad. morning announcements. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I'm like, I can do better than that. So I started a radio station in our high school and we did better and it was Mm -hmm. amazing. And that radio station went on and created a legacy at that high school. I remember saying like, I'm going to write a song for my senior graduation. Same kind of thing. I could do better than that. And I did, right? This is the other thing that happened in high school is that basketball games, the announcer for our basketball games was terrible. That sucks. I can do better. So I did. And we were awesome. And they went and they took state by the way, in our senior year. All because of you. Dang right. Oh yeah. The voice, the voice of the the voice, baby. Yeah podcasts same thing bands at church this was always an interesting thing i'd be sitting out at church going yeah yeah i can do better than that Mm -hmm. so we created a rock alternative band had some of the best most talented musicians that i've ever played with and some i've even seen to this day excellent band however our style may not have been liked by all right so this is kind of where the important point comes in here the caveat is, is that we're not necessarily saying that what we say is right mm-hmm. and not to say that like our rock style is better than this person's folk style. It's saying that I can do a better job. That goes back to the whole thing about can Will Smith do better than Robin Williams? No, because Will Smith's style will be different. Mm-hmm. So the question is, can Will Smith do a better job with a different style and make it his own? Yes, he could, right? So that's kind of what I'm talking about here. The other key piece too is that when we notice something that we see that we think sucks or let's put it a little bit nicer or isn't the best, it's not the best. We could do better than that. You know, we're not trying to be a jerk here and we're also taking action. No complaining. Even talking, as we know, just recently, the States had its midterm elections. 
And everybody was complaining about the elections and just everybody's still complaining still and whining and oh, just just shut up, people. Just shut up. Please shut up. I don't want to hear it anymore. So that's what I'm saying. You cannot complain anymore unless you're going to do something about it. That's my rule. Yeah. So you have to see something that you think, quote, sucks or isn't as good as it could be. You have to be able to do better at it and you have to take action and you can't complain. That's the rule. Mm -hmm. Throwing that out there. So going back to my story is I did that. I would say, you know, that sucks. I can do better than that. And I would, and I would just, people would be impacted positively. I was successful. It was great. However, somewhere along the way, things happen. Life happened. People would say things to me. You know how it is when people say things to you, it kind of hurts. It influences you. Maybe not in the most positive way ever. Yep. I stopped looking at things that way because, well, people were telling me, you know, Brian, you're kind of a cocky bastard. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, seriously, they'd be like, you know, you're not God's gift to everything. You know, you really aren't. And I was thinking like, well, why are you telling me this? You know, okay, true. Maybe I I had a little bit of a, I don't know, over exuberant, you know, immature attitude or something like that. But for whatever reason, I said, okay, well, I'm going to internalize that. Just like you told me I was a jerk Mm -hmm. earlier. So thanks a lot. I stopped going. That sucks. I can do better. And I started to go, okay, well, that I mean, they're they're giving it their best, you know, bless their hearts. They're doing it. They're doing just. Maybe I can do better, but I don't need to. And so I stopped. And interestingly enough, I haven't really succeeded as much since. I stopped creating great things and didn't succeed as much. Mm -hmm. What I tried to do is be a little more humble about it. Try to be more inclusive. Like everybody's right. Everybody. Yeah, I'm not better than anyone else. I also felt like I and, and so many of us going back to even just like the recent elections and stuff like that. We started to tend more towards instead of saying that sucks. I can do better. We started to tend more towards let's complain and and my opinion's right. You should agree with me. And if you don't agree with me, we're just going to sit there and bash heads, you know, and everybody just kind of gets stuck in that kind of stuff. We do it with movies and TV shows. Well, why? How how could you like the new Star Wars or how how could you like Dark Matter? How could you hate Dark Matter? How, you know, so on and so forth, right? (laughs) It's like, why are we even talking about that? Why don't we just do better? And I'm putting sucks in quotations here, by the way, like that really is kind of a pretty strong negative statement. Like Mm -hmm. that sucks. That's negative. I'm just saying it because that's what went through my mind. So what quote sucks, insert your own word. I don't care what sucks that I can do better not to be right, not to tell them that they're wrong or that they suck and that they really are worse than I just what is out there that you can do. You know what? I can do better than that. And then actually go and do it with that being said, don't put it in their face. Don't push them down. Don't lord it over them. It's just more of a, Hey, let's, let's do something better. The one thing you have to remember is when you do that, you have to be willing to be judged on your own merit as well and be okay with that. Be okay with the criticism. And I think that's part of the problem is a lot of people aren't good with criticism anymore. They gets hurt, you know, and they, they feel bad, but being in business, you know, um, I've been in businesses and, you know, being in a dental practice and we hired a, a consultant to come and find out everything that was wrong with the practice and the owner at the time. And it was basically leading. He was shocked that a lot of the, problems were kind of coming back to him Hmm. and he micromanaged like crazy. He had some other things that were beginning that weren't, that were causing uh, the the practice to, you know, be held back a little bit. And that was a tough realization for him, but it wasn't until he came to that realization that we started to make changes and started to really improve Hmm. and uh, taking that ownership of that increased the respect around him. Mm -hmm. But people around him also had to say, Hey, you know, I'm willing to take the criticism for myself and make changes. Don't be offended when I do the same to you. Yeah. You know, and that's, uh, I feel like, especially with our generation, um, at least my generation with the millennials, I'm a kind of an older millennial, but uh, there's a lot of coddling, you know, and I'm, I'm no different. You know, Mm -hmm. I was told I was great. I was brilliant, blah, 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 you know, but being told you're great all the time, it kind of gets to your head. So the criticism hits a lot harder. Oh yeah. So uh, learning that younger that, you know, criticism is just, and making mistakes and being, and overcoming the mistakes is just life. Sure. And that's okay. And if you're a person who likes to put people down because of their mistakes, then that is a deep character flaw that you oh, need yeah. to reanalyze, you oh, know, yeah. and really think because nobody's perfect. So going into private, you know, practice that type of thing. You got to do a lot of introspection and mm-hmm. it can be hard. It can be really hard. You're going to make mistakes yep. and uh, you're going to have to make amends for those and you're going to have to learn. You're going to have to keep learning. So that's just life. Well, you know, I feel like there's dentist practices like there are Starbucks now. There's one on almost every freaking street corner. Yeah. It's like, and that's so a you got to be better. You do. 
you got to be yeah. better. You got to be different. You know, you, but it's not even, again, it's not even about being different. It's saying, oh, you know what? I can do better than that person. And it's not just dental. I mean, Oh, I know. I'm just know, saying it, that's just an example. I mean, just like you said, you go back to coffee, you yep. know, what makes those different? What makes them superior? And yeah, a lot of people don't like Starbucks. How dare you? You know, I was like, well, it's okay. I'll tell you this being a coffee, you know, snob. Yeah. Oh, let's yeah. just go. Let's just go there. Um, You're a total coffee. I, I totally am. You know, it's funny because I'll go to the different coffee shops. That's something Miss Light yeah. and I've always enjoyed doing. Uh-huh. And I've said this before. There are in our area. There are a couple of coffee shops. I want to say probably three that are exceptional, mm-hmm. exceptional, right? They've done better than everyone else. And then you look at the rest of them and they're all serving from the same roaster, which is a one. That's a big mistake in and of itself. But two, they're doing things the same way. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to copy Starbucks or what they're doing is saying, oh, well, you know, we don't have the pumpkin spice latte only once a year. We have it all year. And I'm like, well, that's a bad mistake right there because nobody cares about it except in October. (laughs) I mean, so you see it all the time. You see people come in and they just they suck. And it's like, well, I can do better than that. And a couple of coffee shops sprung up a few years ago and they have done significantly better and they're wildly successful as a result. They're not doing anything necessarily different per se. It's just better. Yeah. Being a rock band in a church of about 10,000 people at the time, it's not that big anymore. I mean, of course, you're going to get people that absolutely love that style. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to get people that absolutely hate it. Absolutely hate it. You know, yeah. we want to hear organ hymns and that's it. Oh, right. Yeah. And you know what? We got the complaints against us, but for whatever reason at the time, I did not care about those complaints. Yeah. Today, I actually might care, which is not good. Right. But I didn't back then because in my mind, I was doing something better than the other bands. Mm-hmm. And the truth is we were doing something better than the other bands. But the truth also is, and this goes back to, you know, it's different. Not everyone's going to like it. That's okay. But that's where we have to kind of almost say, okay, we're going to do it better, but we also have to be confident in what we're doing and our excellence mm-hmm. versus whether people like that style or not, who cares? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of funny. Cause I was even thinking about, again, just this goes back to all the discussions about why well, I hate that TV show. Well, I love that TV show. And it's like, but there's an audience for everyone or yeah. else the TV show wouldn't be successful. Really? Absolutely. You know what I mean? And you think about even podcasts, there's an audience for everyone. There's an audience for everything. Like you got a dental practice. Everybody's got a dental practice, right? There's an audience for everyone. It's a matter of what are you doing Mm -hmm. better that will draw whatever that is. And this is even going to, I mean, any area in your life, any area, I don't even care what you're doing, some hobby, some whatever. If you're a gamer, I don't care. You pick, right? But it's this idea of what are you going to do better than everyone else? Yeah. Somehow it's going to impact people in a good way. I hope very much so. I'd be more sensitive to other people's opinions at this time as kind of a sign of, of, of our culture today. You know, sure. we, uh, we, we don't want to offend. Oh, there is a, there is a certain extent where, yeah, you don't want to be a quote unquote offensive, but there's also something about doing different, doing a thing differently than somebody else. And that's okay. Yeah, yeah for sure. Because uh, we all have our own interests. We all have our own ways of doing things. And that's what makes it so much fun. I mean, you look at the music of the 1970s and 80s. How much experimentation was going on oh back then? Oh, my gosh. Then? Yeah. They just put anything out. Yeah, I know. And we have all these crazy. legendary perform, you know, yeah. uh, icons from that time. I mean, Frank yeah. Zappa. I doubt Frank Zappa was for everybody. No. And, and that was his whole point. Yep. He pissed off a lot of people. Sure. But he also became David a legend Bowie. because of it. David Bowie. Yeah. He did. Yep. I mean, he, he was crazy. He did everything, you yeah. know, and I'm not personally a big fan of David Bowie's music, but I can still respect him as an artist. Totally. Stanley Kubrick, yeah. uh, not a big fan of all of his movies, but, but I definitely respect him as a director. Yeah. I mean, maybe not even much as a human being because he kind of was kind of a weird human being, Yeah, but I'm not judging him based on that. I'm like, sure. you know, he was an artist and I'm going to judge him based on that art. We're, we're just in a different time. Uh, well, a, l- a little bit more homogenized. At least we're trying to be. And I don't yeah. like, I don't like that. I like, well, so it's I like the weird and eclectic sometimes. I was just thinking, see, that's what actually kind of drew me into this idea of I can do better is that I, that was exactly what went through my head is like, when I was younger, oh, that sucks. I can do better. And it was easy back then. Now it's not. And I'm like, wait, 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 hold on though. Is it really harder now? Okay. Fact. Yes. Because we have more things to choose from, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's really any different. I think it's the same thing. I think it really is. I think we just look at we're aware of people's viewpoints more today than we were 10, 20 Far years ago. More. And yeah, because of social media, and because yeah. of all that. Right. Yeah. You didn't know back then, like when we were in that band at church, just like today, people weren't coming up to us face to face and saying, you guys suck. We hate your rock music. The guitar is the devil. Mm-hmm. We didn't hear that because no, everybody was too afraid to confront face to face, but they but, still are. But if we had social media back then, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. People would be like, dude, See, those guys suck. Back then, they kind of talk behind our backs. We might not hear everything. Exactly. We just be like, ah, whatever. But now we hear that conversation, you know, quote unquote, hear it on social media. Yep. And it would hit us a lot harder. So we have to not pay attention to that as mm-hmm. much. In fact, it's so funny. And I mean, I already know this, but uh, Seven Blue Seven shared a, a, I haven't read it yet, but it was an article that essentially said spending less time on social media decreases depression and anxiety. And I'm kind of like, yeah, I, I don't even have to read it to know like, yeah. duh, I already know yeah. that. And I, I know that from experience. I know that from studies that I've read. There's proof out there on that. And why? Well, because we're hearing people's opinions of us, whether it's spoken or unspoken. Mm-hmm. If I put up a sexy picture of me, by the way, which I'm thinking about doing this like sexy, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> not going to do it. All right, I'm done. <laughs> No, but you know what I'm saying? Like everybody, it was so funny. I was talking with Harley Quinn about this one because she's yeah. a social media. I'm going to call her expert. I don't, yeah. I don't know what her title is, but she's a social media expert, right? She and I are talking about social media and she's experimenting with Instagram right now. And I granted, I don't know the context behind this, but she said something about Instagram is very vanity focused. My first thought was, yeah, Instagram is very vanity focused. That's exactly what it is. It's all about posting pictures. And if I look at most of the pictures in Instagram, they're all about look how sexy I am. Now I follow some of our, you know, sports teams and all, Mm -hmm. and they're just chronicling like, here's a great shot, you know, that they took at the game and it's a chronicle of their journey. And I love that. So chronicle your journey. Awesome. Totally following you. I love that kind of stuff. But if you're just posting your pictures about you and how awesome you look and everything, it's a vanity show, right? And I'm not criticizing. I'm just saying that's what it is. Now, if I'm doing that, if I'm posting pictures of myself for vanity purposes and I don't get 50 likes or 250 likes or whatever. I only get two. Well, now I'm depressed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or if somebody's like, Oh, you're so beautiful, Brian. I just so sexy. I just, I wish I could just grab that picture. No, you're speaking my mind. (laughs) You know, I always like your photos. I always put a like, yeah, (laughs) that's not you liking it. That's your wife. No, I'm kidding. No, actually what's really funny inside (laughs) joke here. I'm going to share this one. Um, she, she likes it out of pity. The mermaid, she likes it out of pity. Well, the mermaid grabs your phone and sends me the most random gifts of ridiculous things. Of course, she hasn't done it in a while. And I'm like, did wait, did Robbie send this or did Ariel send this? (laughs) I'm like, probably Ariel. So it's this little inside joke. Oh yeah. It's totally. Well, and see, you're, you're, you're talking about Instagram as a selfie thing. And I had me and me and my wife have Instagram and we just text each other memes about parenting. That's all we do. (laughs) We don't take any selfies. I'm like, what are you talking about? Isn't it just like a, a meme factory on Instagram? That's fun. And and see, that's all we use it for. I don't use it as a quote unquote social media because I only interact with my wife on it (laughs) while while she's in the other room, of course. Um, So yeah. Because that, that's my extent of social media nowadays being a, of a parent of two young kids. Yeah. Um, you're just trying to, you know, have these uh, things that can just, I don't know, lighten up the day after you've had a hard day of getting yeah. your kids down. There was actually a funny meme that my, my wife sent with me and it was it was a meme with uh, the end scene with Frodo and sorry, is Samwise and Samwise at the end. And, you know, they're a Mordor and they're embracing each other on the cliffs of Mordor after they they, <laughs> they, they, they yeah. basically completely. uh destroyed the ring you know and uh-huh. it's the caption is me after getting both my kids down to bed after night and it's like <laughs> oh you know you're just a wreck yeah because you know that's and, funny because that's the only way you, you just you just get through the day and that's yeah. how you feel but you can still laugh about it and that's yeah. why it's great that's good no that's that's a good story i appreciate so, it i want to say this though too because i i don't want anyone to think like i'm criticizing social media because i i think there is a part of me yeah. that wants to criticize social media because I'm someone who has lived pre-social media. So are you. Oh, yeah. In fact, I think a lot of us on the, on the show. Pre-cell phone. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, cell phone. phones are really only. They're a very new well, thing. Smartphones are 10 years old-ish. And that's scary, isn't it? Yeah, just about 10 years I old. I remember in college, I was like, what is that, an iPhone? Wow, that's yep. weird. But I, I mean, it's crazy how quickly. And cell phones become. really, from a texting standpoint, started right around 2000, 2001, somewhere in there, where you yeah. could start texting stuff and all that. Yeah. So that's a little bit older, but, still but smartphones are point. still only 10, right? So you look at most of us lived pre-cell phone, pre-social media. Mm-hmm. So we experienced what it was like. In fact, it was so funny. I was watching. I just watched something recently where it was like, how do I get in touch with you? Can I text you? And they're just like, uh, come find me. Like, that's so exhausting. <laughs> I know. I was like, that's hilarious, right? But that's the truth, right? So you yeah. back before social media and cell phones again, 10-ish, 15-ish years ago, 
we didn't have this kind of stuff. We weren't dealing with this. So there's a part of me that not from a nostalgia standpoint yearns for this, but from a simplicity standpoint, from an emotional standpoint yearns for pre-social pre cell phone kind of days. Yeah. Because I have seen the negatives of what it's done. So that's part of the reason why I I want to criticize social media, but I'm, I want to be clear that I'm not criticizing social Mm -hmm. media. The emotional effect is what I'm talking about. If I'm posting something and I'm not getting the likes that I want or the response that I want or the people, the followers that I want, I'm not in as healthy of an emotional state as I could be. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm being very gentle on that term right there. Yeah. Pre-social pre phone, you didn't get that criticism. And so I think it was easier to be confident Mm -hmm. to go do something better, Mm -hmm. whether people liked it or not. Again, that's fine. Yeah. But we didn't hear everybody's opinions of it, whether it was somebody telling you, because if you're talking behind your back on social media, you're going to probably hear it. You're going to see it, you know, and or whether you're not getting the likes and the, the whatever the heck it is that, you know, you expect in social media today. My parents were asking me, hey, what do you want for, for Christmas? And I was like, I don't really need anything, you know. Yeah, I it's want like, a PS4. Uh, heck no. I want an Xbox One X. What are you talking about? <laughs> okay, sorry. That's, Screw that's Sony. A, no, I'm just That's joking. another discussion oh, boy. for next time. Yeah. This is a guy who grew up on the original PlayStation. That's funny. Oh, man. Jeez. Times have changed, huh? Anyway. But yeah, my parents were asking me, you know, what do you want? And they're like, hey, do you want? My mom's like, I'll buy you, you know, an Apple Watch or a smartwatch or whatever. And I said, I don't want one. And I'm thinking back, I'm like, if I was 15 years old, you know, 10 to 15 years, heck, 20 years old, I've been like, oh, totally get me one of those. Give me three. I can do everything on this, on this watch. Yeah. Like that sounds amazing. It's a fever dream, you know, and I don't want it anymore. I'm like, why? Why?" Interesting. I was thinking, I'm like, why don't I want that? I'm like, there's times of the day where I put my cell phone down and I love my cell phone. I need it. I need it for all sorts of things, you know, precious. But there are times where I want to have a little peace and quiet. Yeah. And I realize if I had a smartwatch attached to my body at all times, or at least most times throughout the day, I would always be available. I would always be potentially distracted from from life, from family. Hmm. And I just didn't want that. I don't want that. And that's just a you know something I kind of realized about myself. Is it worth it? You know, I was like, no, I just want a Rolex, you know, Rolex. No, I actually don't want a Rolex. Those are too expensive. I want a $20,000 I, I, I just Rolex. want an old school Casio calculator watch. <laughs> that, that's that's what I want. That's all I need on my yeah. wrist is something yeah. to tell time and maybe add 10 plus 10, you know? So, um, because I can't do math. You get a Dora the Explorer I could watch do that. or, you know, what, what are some of the, I my, don't even know. My daughter would love that. What's well, what I'm yeah. saying? Like, you, you, nah, got a you know, I'd probably get a Paw Patrol one. That's okay. those, those are, how about a unicorn with a pink bow on its butt? Nah, unicorns are out, man. Those are last gen. Oh dude. Unicorns yeah. are awesome. Well, yeah. the new, no, new unicorns are, are not unicorns. What about those, you know, those bro unicorns on regular show? That's, that's, what, that's what I'm talking about, man. They're pretty cool. See, that's what I'm talking Everybody's about. Everybody's like, what are you talking about? Bro, you no, no, we had a unicorn discussion a couple weeks ago. It was very, very passionate. How oh, unicorns really? are manly and bro unicorns. Yep, that bro unicorns. This whole new iteration of unicorns. That's not real. Okay, it's not real. All now, right. uh, Legends of Tomorrow did a sweet unicorn thing, except it was evil, and it was actually a demon. So okay. we don't want that. That's it's the most worthless conversation. Ever it is, but no, you know, you bring up a really interesting point because I actually did get an Apple Watch, and I mentioned it on the show, and it was the funniest thing because someone who loves Knight Rider. Always wanted a watch like that, which <laughs> essentially an Apple watch is. And I was so excited, so excited. Same kind of thing. I'm like, yeah, and I got it. And I love it, by the way. However, it's the exact same thing that you said. I have settings in place where I'm not disturbed. Yeah. If I don't want to be. So I can easily like I don't have email coming to my phone and notifying me all the time. I do have texts mm-hmm. and I can turn off those notifications. But I'll tell you the functionality that comes with an Apple watch is really cool because there's so many other things that you can do. They're great tools doesn't necessarily mean you have to be connected all of the time. And I appreciate that because I agree. In fact, I left those settings on at first because I just wasn't thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And it was the most distracting and stressful thing because with my phone, I have my phone with me, but I don't, I don't have text notifications and everything buzzing me at the drop Uh of a hat. I don't want them. I used to, I don't want the dings. I don't want the, the buzz. I just like when I choose to check my phone, then it's, in my control and I get to check. I get to respond on my time because mm-hmm. otherwise I'm at the mercy of everyone else's time. And yeah. I don't mean that to sound rude, 
I mean that to sound, I don't want to be in a chaotic yeah. form of life anymore like that. So I totally understand where yeah. you're coming from. And you know, one thing else is people, you know, get expectations, you know, they're like, no, totally. I know he has a watch. I know, you know, I see, she's on her phone all the time. She yep. will answer. And if she does it, I'm going to get really frustrated at her when it's like, you know, you need to respect their boundaries. Maybe they put their phone down, yep. you know, but if you have a watch on, I don't know. And people know that the expectation for you is going to be different. And they're, yeah. and they're, and that's something I've really noticed being the dental field, I have to have my phone on for emergencies. Sure. And it can be very stressful sometimes mm-hmm. um, because I have to have it on me yep. and it's hard for me except in very specific hours to put my phone down. Yep. But there's always this expectation like, how dare you didn't answer? Yep. I know you're available. Well, no, you don't. Yep. And setting that precedent, setting the expectation on that end is very difficult. So you put a watch yeah. on your wrist that says, it basically says, oh, I'm here whenever you need. And yep. do you want yep. that? Do you want that burden? You know, is it worth sure. it? And for me, it's not. Yeah. And again, we're going back. Everybody's different and yep. I'm not bashing it because I think they're really cool, but they're not right for me. And it's sure. important for other people to respect that. I agree with that. And that's the expectation thing is very important because I had that problem for a while where I don't even think I set this expectation. It's just, it was the culture's expectation. It was the culture's expectation. Yeah. They, like, they picked it up. Oh no, he always has his phone with him. Yeah. He's always on his phone. Therefore he should always pick up. But it wasn't even that it was yeah. because they were on their phone all the time. Then therefore I should be as well, even yeah. though they didn't of even course. know if I was or not. Exactly. And what's interesting is, you know, people would send me a text and I wouldn't respond for an hour or so. Mm-hmm. And people would flip out. Mm-hmm. How come you didn't respond? It's been an hour. Yeah. You should have responded by now. I mean, I would get berated for not responding to texts within about an hour or two by various people. Yeah. And then I got this. It's so funny. Like everybody now, all Brian, I know Brian's response time. It's, it's going to take at least a few hours for him to respond. He's just that person. I've had people tell me that. And you know what? I used to be really hurt by that. And you know what I say to them? I don't care. Yeah. I have priorities in my life. I have responsibilities. I have clients. Yeah. I have you know, Sarah, I have friends. I will respond, but it's not going to be in the time that you expect because I don't answer to you. And you know what? If you don't like that, suck it. I really don't care. (laughs) I don't care if I work for that person and they're paying me and they expect me to respond. We have an agreement, like you said, with the emergency thing where they expect me to respond within a certain period of time, then okay, that's fine. But like the etiquette, even for email, yeah. business email the etiquette is within 20 well yeah within 24 hours mm-hmm. within 24 hours yeah and there's times where a business email i don't respond for two two to three hours and i'm getting like getting hate down. mail I'm, i sudden. am well and i'm getting like like you better respond or else kind of thing and i'm like dude it's been three hours i sure. will respond within 24 hours yeah. if it's a business thing yeah. where somebody's paying me yeah if you're not paying me i'll get to it when i get a chance yeah. i mean no so. offense yeah the expectations that we have put on others is it's unhealthy, especially considering how much more correspondence we get via phone calls, text oh, it's messaging, crazy. Uh, it's crazy. all these notifications. So it's even harder now to respond to just a basic email, you know? Yeah. So the, the expectation is a little weird because uh, yeah. of course we're all in a different place, but we're also tied to all forms of communication. Yeah. It's like, we can't even keep up most of the time. That's, that's true. That's how I feel sometimes. I guess inundated. I had to create a whole new mailbox for my business email because my other email was getting too cluttered yeah. and I didn't want to get my important emails kind of washed in there and see them get, you know, thrown away. And, you know, because I just didn't see them because they got lost in the clutter. Yeah. But that's just how I have like four email addresses because I get so much crap in the email. Yeah. That's just the way way it is. Well, and it's funny because you know I, I you know I love communicating with people. I, and in fact, I'm always asking people, please uh, do, please you're, contact. You're a me. complete extrovert. Yeah. So I actually want people to contact me. I just am trying to set the expectation that I'm not necessarily going to get back to you within minutes because mm-hmm. I can't. Right. So here's an interesting observation too, because I think a lot of people are consistently in touch with people and they're able to respond all the time because they literally don't look up from their phones. And it's funny. We'll, we'll go to basketball games. You're there to watch. You pay money to go to a college basketball game, I want to watch the game. Look around the arena and see people who literally don't look up from their phones yeah. except like they're down there. They're just going. Their fingers are on fire. They're texting. They're tweeting. I don't know what the heck they're doing, right? And then a score. Somebody cheers. Oh, they'll look up. Okay, and then they're back. They're on their phone 95 plus percent of the game. Yeah. Why did you go to the game in the first place? <laughs> or So that's how you keep up. Mm-hmm. I'd love to connect with you. I love it. I love people. You know that. I want to contact. I want to talk. But when I'm at a movie, when I'm at a game, when I'm interacting with someone, when I'm when you're talking sitting down with for a Sarah, meal with your family, yeah, I am not on my phone. Yeah, 
I'm not going to be. And so if you don't like it, uh, too bad. I don't know what to say. I know that's yeah. called respect, man. We respect each other. We help each Do other. Do you remember the days when we had message machines with our <laughs> dial up phones? There was oh, an yeah. expectation like, Oh, I'll just leave a message. He'll get back to me next day. And that was okay. Yeah. That was yeah. okay. Life, life went on. I'm not even talking about whether or not you like to do that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about expectations that you set with people because either you run your day or someone else will. Yeah. Guaranteed. Start your day with your priorities. Don't mm-hmm. check your email. Don't check your social media. Get the most important tasks done. Yeah. Work on creative stuff first, because if you check your email and all your social media first, your important tasks, you'll never get to them because oh, yeah. you'll be constantly trying to keep up with everything well, and putting fires out all day long. It's it's not just that. It's that a lot of times they say, you know, waking up in the morning, the first thing you do is you look at your phone. It actually begins a stress habit because who knows what you're going to see. And, and it sets the tone for your day, by the and way. And so if you get a nasty email, you see a nasty headline in the news, it yep. can set that precedent of being depressed and being kind of just in a bad mood the rest of the day instead of waking up and doing your own routine for yourself. Yeah. Yep. You know, whatever it is, whether it's it's reading, whether it's meditation, whether it's praying, whether it's just having a good time in the shower singing, who knows, you know, it's just, <laughs> but, awesome. but being inundated with media and all sorts of other things that are distracting can yep. completely set the, you know, a day off to be great or it can set off to be very lousy. And I know that from personal experience, hundred so, yeah, percent. Very yep. interesting. Well, hopefully that was encouraging. So I guess the last thing I'll just say once again, if you find something that you think quote sucks. Well, do better. Get out there. Do better. Make Just it do better. awesome. Rock it. Have some fun and, and be confident. It. Don't let people sway you one way or the other. Yeah. Drop dog. Thank you, man. No problem. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Always a pleasure to be here. You know what the music means. And you know what? I always give you a thumbs up. I always well, give you a like. Thank you. Even on those, you know. Little heart. Little heart. Yeah. Little comment that says that is one hot looking picture there. Take it more. Is. Yeah, well. Thanks. Thankfully, I do radio. <laughs> yeah. All right. Have a great rest of your week. All of the links and show notes at realbrianshow.com. Check it out. Real Brian Show signing off. The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com.